I'm Liz Fenwick. I have a DIY YouTube channel, Liz Fenwick DIY. As you can imagine, I've had my fair share of DIY fails. Each week, I will break down my DIY failures and the craziest fails that you send in. If you have a story you'd like us to share on a future podcast, email us at stories at lizfamickdiy.com. Hey everyone, welcome to DIY Disasters with Liz Fenwick. In this podcast, I share with you some of my best and most hilarious DIY disasters and fails, and of course, your disasters and fails that you send in to us. Now, I've invited my husband, the person that I rope into all of my DIY projects, to join me for this first segment where I'm going to share with him a DIY story. I have not previously told him about this, so this is going to be all new just for you guys. Hey everyone. I'm going to go back to our very first DIY project together. Do you remember what this would be? I feel like it would be some type of furniture maybe or something we would have done together. All right. So the project that I want to share with you is our very first DIY that we ever did together. When I first started teaching in Kansas City, I lived in like a really fun apartment with one of my girlfriends in this fun part of Kansas City. And it was in a fun complex. It was a lot of young professionals. It had a pool. It was really exciting because where I was living before was just not very exciting. Do you remember when I moved in there? I just thought this is the coolest place ever. I had my own room and I had a fun bathroom. So I wanted to just decorate this place up. I wanted it to be just like a really fun and funky room. So Chris and I went to the thrift store in the college town that we went to and we were looking for furniture. We were looking for like a dresser and a nightstand. And I even think we bought a headboard. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of had to piece it all together. I don't even know how we got. Oh, you had a truck at the time. Yeah. Yeah. We literally bought an entire room at this thrift store. Yeah. I don't even know how much we spent. It couldn't oh, not, have been. It wasn't very much. I yeah. mean, I don't think we could, at yeah. the time, I think we were trying to be on a budget as much as possible. Yeah, we had you know? no money. So we bought all this furniture and we took it back to the house Chris was living in, in the college town that we were at. And we were going to paint the furniture red and black. I thought this was just the epitome of cool at the time. I know that you're thinking it's going to be bright and dramatic and just way not okay for a bedroom, but I didn't really understand the idea of a tranquil space and, and you know, making it subtle, relaxing <laughs> and the ability to do that with your colors. I was just thinking, oh, this is fun. Like, let's do it. Yeah. I was thinking like 2006, 2007 era. And I think at that time to, in defense of myself, I feel like those colors were on trend. Yeah, I think dramatic colors were in use. Do you remember we went to Walmart to buy the paints? I do, yeah. And we didn't know what paint to get. Like, Mm -mm. there was no chalk paint. No. No. None of that. I think we were kind of flying blind, you know. We just bought a couple of gallons of paint. Like, whatever we could find. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, we proceeded to paint the dresser bright red. And my nightstands were black. And I think the bed frame was bright red as well. Do you remember? Yeah. We tried to make them all match. Yeah. <laughs> which we did. I mean, when we're talking bright red, it's like fire engine fire, red. Yeah, fire engine. Yeah. Maybe even a shade lighter than, like more dramatic than that. Almost to the point where it kind of hurts your eyes when yeah. you look at it, but not quite that much. Yeah. Then yeah. I purchased a black and white bedding to go with it. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. 
Never once was I like, this does not look just awesome. <laughs> but I did love it at the time. It was not a tranquil space to live in. But I will say we had that furniture for a long time. And I look back on that experience as like a really fun time, me and you, because honestly, that was our first time ever really creating a DIY project together. Yeah, it, we got to learn a lot about each other in terms of roles in doing these projects together. Sometimes people are more of the hands-on person versus the planner, you know, the the what versus the how kind of person. And so that, that was interesting to learn that about each other, I think. And at the time for me, I felt you were willing to do a all this projects with me and you brought all the furniture up to my apartment. So I just thought it was a really sweet thing. It was fun to do together and it kind of started us on this journey of DIYing, I felt like. Yeah, I think it introduced a really interesting common interest of ours that I don't think we realized at the time we both shared mm -hmm. until that moment. And I also think based on the time frame of this, now we have so many different tools to teach us how to DIY. I mean, just like my YouTube channel, but like at the time, I don't feel like there was a lot, like you basically asked like your family, mm -hmm. we didn't have smartphones. We were like looking up YouTube videos or yeah. anything yet. It You're was either just... at the mercy of somebody <laughs> willing to share their skills with you or you were either just going to keep trying until you figured it out eventually. So yeah, we YouTube just... wasn't. We just as fumbled through it. As it was now, yes. Yeah, we just kind of fumbled through yeah. it. What was interesting about the paint was we used latex paint, right, for the normal part of it. We actually had to use oil-based paint for the inlays around it, which is normally used on the propane tanks outside. <laughs> Problem was is we couldn't get the paint to stick on top of it without using like an oil-based paint. So I didn't know that at the time, but it worked out well after accidentally stumbling upon that kind of paint. Yeah. It looked really good. We had no idea. And actually, I will say that dresser that was red that we painted, we kept that for years. We yep. ended up painting it white and it was mm -hmm. in one of our daughter's rooms. And then I think we gave it to somebody in your family. Yeah, it went through several stages. And that's a good thing about <laughs> DIYs in general like this that are furniture. Is you can give it a, a different coat of paint or you can change the style based off of what the trends are. And then eventually we gifted it to somebody else mm -hmm. and now it's their story, you know. I guess this is not really like a fail because honestly, at the time, we thought it was really successful. I just think it's funny looking back now at the style and just how like bold and outrageous it was for a bedroom. And now looking at my style where we have this white and beige bedroom, I can't imagine having red and black. <laughs> but I guess if you're in your young 20s, like that's fun and something you um, want to do. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I don't think any of these are really failures more or less learning experiences in disguise with yeah <laughs> with a big journey you know yeah. along the way so it was fun I bet we looked funny driving all that red and black furniture up in your truck to I'm Kansas sure City there were people in their cars <laughs> going oh my gosh like what know. do they have all right Chris do you have anything else to add about black and red furniture from the thrift store that no. you painted no I don't <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us for this segment. I'm sure we'll see you on a future podcast. Next up, you guys, I'm going to be sharing with you some of your best DIY disasters that you sent in to us. Our first story is from Sherry. I've been wanting a spa-like primary bathroom for quite some time. 
I was recently diagnosed with arthritis, so getting in and out of a tub and shower was getting more difficult. I needed something with a seat if possible. My husband, blessed his heart, took action. I wanted something very clean and bright. I selected an all-white shower, vanity, and medicine cabinet mirror combo. We went with all chrome lighting, towel bars, and other accessories. We got a white and slate gray vinyl floor. The paint I purchased was a barely gray, almost white satin finish. This all sounds great, Sherry, so far. My husband worked feverishly for a few days and kept the door closed so I could not see the progress. This is cute. Finally, after four days, he said he wanted to go ahead and let me see what he had done. With anticipation of what my new relaxing retreat was going to look like, I closed my eyes and opened the door for a big surprise. He had decided that the paint I had chosen was not going to match the little bit of wood trim baseboard and door. He put a bright yellow paint on the walls of what was to be my peaceful zen-like bathroom. I was so torn. While I was so appreciative of his hard work and thoughtfulness, I absolutely hated it. It looks like my grandma's bathroom. I remember from the 1970s. I'm in such a hard place. I love what he did for me, but I am so disappointed by the wall color and how it does not match any of the rest of the fixtures, etc. I don't want to take away from his pride in this project. Oh man, okay, so this is a tough one. I give you a lot of props, Sherry, because I feel like it would have shown on my face how I felt about the wall colors. I do totally feel bad for your husband. I don't know what the solution is. Maybe you need to have someone come in, like an outsider, say something about it so you're not the bad guy. I don't know. Maybe put it on your kids to do. Oh man, this is a hard one. I think you're doing the right thing, but at the same time, I really want you to have your peaceful bathroom. I would probably have someone else tell him. I think he needs to know. We're going to need an update on this story, Sherry. So let us know if you get that peaceful Zen bathroom. But your husband sounds really sweet and I get it. You don't want to hurt his pride. Oh man, that's a hard one. This next story is from Cindy. Cindy said, I picked a soft pink paint called Dusty Rose for a craft room in our new house. Ooh, that's exciting you have a craft room. It was so exciting thinking how it was a beautiful room to work in. As we painted it on the walls, I kept thinking, this sure is bright. My husband kept saying, it will darken as it dries. Oh my gosh, that's the thing I always have said. Oh, it'll get darker, don't worry. It's gonna be better once it dries. Well, it didn't. It was the most horrendous color and I was sick. Thank goodness it was just paint, but it took two coats of a soft tan color to cover that paint. I'm sticking with neutrals now and then adding colors with accent items. Huge mistake. I mean, haven't we all just made the biggest mistakes with paint colors? I have now learned that I have to get sample paints no matter what. I know sometimes it's just easier to just go pick up paints, but every paint looks so different and it looks so different in every room. So I will get like a little sample paint. I'll spend the $5, get a sample paint, bring it home. And I paint like a big box. You want to paint a really large box when you're doing a sample paint. Don't just do a little strip, paint a big box. And sometimes depending on the lighting of your room, you should do it on different walls. Then I recommend sitting with 
with it for several days. Let your paint just sit there and watch it. Like when you walk into the room, see if you like it. And I feel like that just saves so much time because there's nothing worse than when you spend all that time painting a room and then you're not happy with it. So I totally feel you, Cindy. And that is why I've made that mistake so many times that now I will only get the sample paint before I paint a room. Our next story is from Kimberly. Okay, Liz, here's my story. And although it's funny now, at the time I considered selling my house rather than cleaning up the mess. Oh my gosh. Okay. I've been there before. Kimberly says, I was working on some Christmas decorations and had several paper plates filled with different colors of super fine glitter out on my craft table. I know where this is going. This can't be good. I was actually working on two projects at the same time. I'm not really fond of glitter, so I thought I'd do a couple of things since I had it out. That makes sense. I was making some glitter ornaments for the kids in my childcare. The kind where you use the plastic Dollar Tree ornaments. Okay, I know what she's doing. She's got the plastic Dollar Tree ornaments. And, oh, I've made these before. So you pour in floor wax and then you pour in glitter to coat inside. I love making these. My kids love these. So you put in the floor wax, you put in the glitter, and then you kind of mix it all around. I use vinyl cut with my silhouette to put each of their names on the outside. These sound absolutely adorable. They came out great. The other project was making some Christmas cards. I was putting double-sided tape on cardstock and putting glitter onto it to make a background. Well, when you're menopausal and having your own personal summer, your brain does not always work correctly. So I reached up and turned on my ceiling fan. Yep, it happened. Super fine glitter flew all over my craft room. Did I mention that it's carpeted? I don't care how many times I vacuumed, every time the sun came through the window, my carpet sparkled for months. Oh my gosh, this is the worst. I would want to move too. Kimberly added, my two best tips regarding glitter are, one, don't use glitter under a ceiling fan. Got it? Great tip. Two, if you forget, number one, just sell your house. Let someone else clean it up. And number three, otherwise, the only tip is that on hard surfaces, Swiffer dusting cloths do a remarkable job of picking up glitter. That is a good tip. Glitter can be the worst. I hate it when they put it on like the Dollar Tree florals and then you get it everywhere. Anytime I'm messing with those Dollar Tree florals, the glitter is just everywhere. Oh my goodness. Okay, I feel you on that one. Glitter is the worst. I bet there's still glitter in your carpet. I think that would be so hard to get out of your carpeting. All right, our next story is from Kelly. She says, Dear Liz, several years ago during the Fixer Upper and Joanna Gaines craze, we remodeled our family room. We took it down to the studs and proceeded to clad the walls in tongue and groove six inch pine board about halfway up the walls horizontally and then we stained them in espresso. Yes, everybody was loving the shiplap look. I had liked the look of the matte finish on the walls that Joanna was doing, so I decided to go with a gray flat paint on the walls above the wood panels and a creamy beige on the trim. Okay, so I'm picturing that gray on the walls, creamy beige trim. 
Well, let me just say this. I will never use flat paint again. The walls show everything. Even just a quick swipe of your hand and you can see the imprints. Worst of all is that there is no way to wipe them down without that showing as well. I plan to go over them this fall with a semi-gloss paint. Lesson learned as we have only ever used paint and semi-gloss or satin in our home up until then and now I know why. They are easy to maintain and if you buy good paint with a primer included with the paint, it will last for years. I agree, Kelly, flat paint can definitely be hard to clean. And I usually will use semi-gloss as well. I was at Home Depot the other day and I was looking at the paint finishes while I was waiting for them to mix up my paint. And I noticed that there is a new finish in between flat and semi-gloss called matte. And they recommended that for bedrooms. So I'm actually going to try out that matte finish for some of my upcoming paints. And I'm hoping that that will be a little bit easier to clean. So maybe consider that if you like that more matte finish. I don't necessarily like the sheen on semi-gloss, but like Kelly said, they are easier to clean. I just don't understand why kids have to touch the walls. My kids are all like five fingerprints on the walls at all times. It just drives me crazy. All right, so the theme of this episode was definitely surrounding paint. So I wanted to give you guys some tips for colors that I thought would work well in each of the rooms of your house. We're gonna go through each room and kind of talk about them. First, let's talk about your primary bedroom. In your bedroom, you really want to consider colors that are going to be tranquil and relaxing. Think neutrals, you wanna go with whites, ivories and creams. These colors are going to be restful. I know that they're kind of boring. So if you want something that has a little bit more color, you can up it and try like a beige. Another option would be like a muted blue or consider just putting like one color on your accent wall behind your bed. You could even go something darker, like a a darker green or like even more in like that black or gray family if you like more of those colors. But keep it as neutral as possible. Just because it's not going to be restful if you do a lot of loud colors in your bedroom. Now kitchens, I know this is controversial, but for me, kitchens are white. I think white just works the best in your kitchen. If you want to add some color in, you could consider doing it in your cabinetry if you have painted cabinets or maybe your island could be a color as well. Let's talk about the colors for your living room. I definitely think pops of color in your living room are gonna add in nice contrast. So maybe you have a fireplace or a focal wall where your TV is. Consider doing like a dark blue, a dark green, even close to like a blackish color as an accent wall on just one of your walls. And then on your other walls, you can do like a soft gray, a white or beige, especially if your room is open concept, you really wanna consider keeping it as neutral as possible so things transition well from room to room. Any room in your house that doesn't have a window or has really poor lighting, you want to stick to lighter colors in those rooms just because darker colors are going to make it look less light or you're just going to need to add more light to those rooms. All right, now kids room. We have a tendency in kids rooms to really want to paint those vibrant colors like pinks and blues and purples and greens and we let our kids pick out the colors and then they just are a little bit too much. Now, while you don't have to stick to neutral families, I think a lot of times when we put these vibrant colors on, they're just way too much. They're too overwhelming. So my suggestion for kids room would be to take that color that you want and just mute it down.
down a little bit. So let's say you want a pink color. Go down the color scale and make it more of a pastel color or something that has like more white in it. Another option would be to paint all of your walls in a white and give yourself like color pop. In my daughter Annabelle's room, she has white walls, but then we have an accent wall that's like a really kind of deep mauve pink. So that's another way to really not make all four walls super colorful. You really just want to either mute it down or give yourself an accent wall. Bathrooms, they also look great in whites, grays, creams. Light blue is traditional for a popular bathroom color. I've even heard that they've said bathrooms that are painted light blue actually sell for more than bathrooms that aren't painted light blue. So I don't know if that still holds up today. Another thing to consider, I talked about this a little bit, is that nowadays a lot of our homes are open concepts. So for me, I like to have a color palette that works across my whole home in the open space areas. So on my lower level, I stick with whites, creams, greens, and blues because you can see my living room in my kitchen. So you want to make sure that all of your home is really kind of working well together. I wouldn't do my kitchens in like reds and yellows and then go and do blues and greens in my living room because those colors just don't translate well. Now, where you will see breakup in my colors is in my upstairs because those are closed off rooms. So that's where you can be a little bit more experimental with your colors in those rooms that are closed off because they they don't have to transition into one room to the next. I want to thank you guys for joining us today. I hope you consider subscribing so you can get notified anytime we post a new episode. I want to thank Chris for joining us today and my content manager, Delaney, and we'll talk to you guys in our next episode. Bye. If you have a story you'd like us to share on a future podcast, email us at stories at lizfamickdiy.com. 